Geek Shock. See, you, you get the crap. He saves the good stuff yeah. later. Jeff's yeah. stepping it up. Indeed. So, yeah, my plan was... Young uh, Jeff, style. <laughs> I think he wants you to tuck. Style. Who's tucking? Huh? Huh? I thought you told him to talk. 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 Okay. Not talk. Not tuck. <laughs> We're not doing Buffalo Bill here. No. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> images of Jeff tucking. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> That sucks for you. You made images. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do for a living. Welcome, folks. It's Geek Shock number 279. I am Master Torgo, the famous mom. 80s Jeff. (laughs) Fact check, Andy. Flip floppy, Matt. (laughs) And we're here to talk week and geek. Uh, Gentlemen, a lot of news this week. Yes. But even so, I don't want to go straight into it. We probably won't have time for Mamra because of all it. Oh, Oh my. I I had to strike a whole page of news. That's a lot of fucking To news. get what we got. But I did want to address one question I received this week from Steven. Okay. Uh, Steven uh, is asking, is Dick Cheney still in the bathroom? And can we ask him questions? Uh, he is still in the bathroom. <laughs> okay. And yeah, you can ask him questions. All right. So Is um, he in Mumra's bathroom? Uh, the, that might, that he, fantastic... He hang, uh, they hang out together. They hang... Well, that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of horrible sense. That, sure. Does that mean Mumra's bulletproof? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Oh, well, well, he is the ever-living, ever so living. apparently... No, no hunting accident stops him. The yeah. ever-pooping. So we'll probably get back to your questions for Mamra next week. But also, if you have questions for Mamra, you can feel free to send them. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And apparently, Dick Cheney might answer your questions, too. All right. Dicks. (laughs) Dick on it. A couple of dicks. Wow. A couple of real fucking dicks. So I am remiss from last week. I meant to mention this, and I totally spaced it. Uh, Alternate Reality Comics. Out here on Maryland Parkway, my favorite comic book shop. Maryland and Flamingo here in Vegas. Maryland and Flamingo. Ralph's Place. You can look it up online, Alternate Reality Comics. He's got a fantastic blog that he keeps as well, posting about lots of cool indie books that you might not have heard about because he's just got his nose to the grindstone. Ralph reads everything. And um, he has been doing for over a year now, probably more like two or three years, I guess. He's getting close to it. He's been doing an artist spotlight. At his uh, new store. And so he has a corner devoted to putting up art pieces from local artists uh, every month. And he has a different display there every month. And some months I'm like, no, okay. You know, that's a cat woman that doesn't quite look right. And then, (laughs) but this month, let me tell you, Uh Sig Sig is the local artist who put on his show beautiful paintings space paintings hmm. planets and spaceships just cool fucking shit so look up alternate reality comics or even search out sig 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 on facebook or what have you but he's a local artist and uh he just put together some really nice stuff um i was t- i was tempted to throw down on on, on the stuff it was reasonably priced actually um <laughs> I, mean, I got a picture of his uh, his bio here. Hold on. Let me, ah, 
Wow. Well, the picture's not going to help him. Band. We can post <laughs> no, him. No, though. no, no. So it. So. Uh, so he can read it. Born in San Juan. Okay. In 1974, moved to Las Vegas in 1980, where I've made my home. I was heavily influenced by awesome 80s cartoons and followed up with comic books into my adult years. The art and worlds were beyond inspirational, especially the cosmic storylines. I love a space adventure, whether it's a sci-fi epic or the latest NASA mission. Yes, I'm one of those visionary weirdos that believe our future is in the stars. Nobody wants science fiction to be science fact more than myself. I'm a huge science fiction fan, so my overactive imagination likes to turn the mundane into the out-of-this-world adventures. As an artist, I'm lucky enough to be able to share these adventures with whomever lets me waste their time. So uh, his heart's definitely in the right place. And his artwork is exceptional. He was there. I happened to go on the Wednesday debut. So he was hanging out at the spot and free drinks and everything. Everybody's kind of hanging around. And I got to chat with him for a little bit about his art. He uses a very interesting uh, cover-up technique to get this kind of 3D pop effect to his artwork. It's really beautiful, stunning stuff. And uh, he's got these uh, really intricate ship designs. They've got kind of uh, a Mayan feel. and uh, and, they're, and they're like some of them have this you know Aztec-y vibe too, but every portrait has a story, and it was really cool to have him there to tell you like you got, he's got this picture of this large ship with two smaller ships flanking it, flying by this big planetoid, and uh, and he's like yeah that's a that's a victorious uh, sports team escaping with armed guards because they uh, beat the home squad. <laughs> and they don't want to get shot down from people who lost bets <laughs> and that kind of thing. It's very soccer hooligan Right. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. But he's got he's got a story for every one of his pieces. So you got a uh, website? I I'm sure he does. I don't it didn't have it there. I say I'm sure he does. I don't know if he does. If he does, I think he would have been on the thing. Not all artists have websites. He, Some are idiots. Well, <laughs> I don't think he has a website, but I know he has a presence on Facebook. So you can look up Sig Sig on Facebook. Um, but it's worth uh, it's worth it to check it out. You can find, look up the artist spotlight. Look up some of the pictures on uh, alternate reality comics uh, with Ralph. Again, it's it's worth it just to check out Ralph's blog if you're interested in finding out about some new comic books to read, some indie stuff that might have slipped your way or slipped under the radar. Uh, but also, this artwork uh, this month was just exceptional. So. Ralph's shop is one of the oldest ones in town, and it's easily yeah. one of the best. And, and that's sure. saying a lot because we have a ridiculous amount of comic shops for a town this and size. And good ones. We do. Uh, there were, I mean, I, I, I did a, uh, a um, free comic book day story last year. And the year before that, and I think of it, been, and I think we had 17 or 18 shops in town. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. And, and, Half and most those of those are really. Comics? <laughs> the, we think the five now? That's are so there five? Stupid. No. Four or five? Four, I think. Four? I think yeah. he just opened the fourth. Okay. Yeah. They're the PTs of the comic book world. Yeah. So Sig Sig's uh, show is going on till the end of the month? Right. So you've still got a week or so to go check it out. If you're here in Vegas, do yourself a favor. Go check out uh, the Artist Spotlight at Alternate Reality. Those. Uh, prints will be up for a while. Um, it's beautiful canvas work. Nice. Some really nice stuff. Yep. Are they just prints or are there some originals as well? They're originals. I'm oh. sorry, I say prints. They're originals. Yeah, he's got some small prints for sale, but the originals are gorgeous. Nice. Uh, about how much the price range on some of uh, I think most of it was under 200 Really? Yeah, wow. it was really quite nice. affordable, actually. I think Very two, so. 240 was, I think, the top piece, and I think that was just like a huge one, but... Yeah, they're all they were all quite reasonable. I was 
I was eyeing one pretty I hard. I definitely want to check this out. Thank you I got to have a couple more good weeks before I can start to throw down. <laughs> but, yeah, it was beautiful stuff. So I wish him nothing but the best uh, down the road, and I hope he continues on this uh, space theme that he's hit on. I think he's got some real uh, – Real potential with those pieces to keep expanding on them. So nice way to go, Sig. Yeah, nice. What other geeky things you do this week, guys? I wouldn't mention it except well, I, I went. I went. <laughs> no, I went, to see, I went to see Terry Fader's show, and he was in because he was unveiling a new puppet. Okay, and I, I guess I wouldn't mention it except the new puppet, the robot. Okay, so, no, that's a little geeky. Okay, so what's yeah. the twist on this robot? Uh, they twist. There's I, no I, twist. I, I, <laughs> there actually, there actually is a twist, and I, I'd, and I, and I don't want to ruin it. Core. But uh, <laughs> I made a deal with that guy. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> he got out. I stayed in. <laughs> Terry Fader, I'm coming for you <laughs> if I ever get parole. I have a very specific set of skills. Very. <laughs> I, will, I will find you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Terry Fader's show is fine. It's very middle America. It's, uh, sure. I, I don't think anybody in this room would particularly enjoy it. <laughs> it's, just, it, it's It is very much, you know, middle of the road. I've, not very I've edgy. I've seen some of his little yeah. performances. He's got a little Bible He'll, gospel puppet out Yes, he does. Do a, <laughs> he did a gospel song in the middle of it. Uh-huh. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. He'll be here forever because he's just exactly he's going to appeal to exactly the crowd that he needs to appeal to. For Which those, is ironic like because didn't Wayne he? Or something? I was like, going to say, didn't he also like divorce his wife and marry his assistant that he had been having an affair with for like a lot of years? Boy, if that's the case, he's doing well because his assistant is hotter than Georgia <laughs> asphalt, man. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I read some story on that. And I was like, wow, well. man. He, you know, preaches the whole... Not to brag, but we ventriloquists. We can pull them down. <laughs> well, that's my question. I mean, Penn and Teller are... And, and they've sort of taken an edgy approach to magic. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, you know... What's his name? The Mime? Is it Billy the Mime? Billy the Mime, yeah. Billy the Mime has, you know, found his edgy mime thing. Has anybody ever really done a really edgy ventriloquist? Yeah, there's some. Um, there's a... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I think probably more more behind closed doors than anything. And then there's been there's a great ventriloquist piece in the Ten. You ever watch the Ten? No, what's the Ten? The movie The Ten. It's uh it's one of David Wayne's pieces. It's amazing. It's all it's all about the Ten Commandments. It's fucking fantastic. And when Nona Ryder becomes obsessed with this ventriloquist doll, I it, you gotta fucking see it. The Ten. Okay. I keep mixing that up with the Twenty Nine or whatever. Nah, you gotta ones. you gotta watch the Ten. I told right. you. I've told you guys before about yeah, the Ten. Yeah, you have. I, I think, think it's I'm, I'm just getting around Evangelion. It might I'll sink in this time. All right, you are getting there. <laughs> what? It might sink in this time now. The yeah. The Ten. Maybe is, it for the tenth time finally. Right. <laughs> tell, it, like, just keep hammering it home. Like Every it, it's got a ton of really great stuff. A lot of amazing performers in it. Yeah. I mean, it's wonderful. As far as edgy, I mean, I, I would mention Will. And what's his name? Waylon Flowers, Waylon and, Flowers Madam. and Madam. Mm-hmm. Except that he didn't even try and do ventriloquism. He was just talking while she was. Right. Well, yeah. I uh, I went to Vent Haven when I was a kid because I was a ventriloquist for a long time. I still am. Are you really? Yeah. This is not a thing I knew about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won uh, talent competitions as a kid as a ventriloquist. I got what, second place. It. What was your I think puppet? You've talked about uh, it this was on Mo. The show before. Yeah, I've talked about this before. It was Mo yeah. from the Three Stooges. You had a Mo from Three Stooges 
ventriloquist puppet? Yep. And That's I, the same puppet I grew up with as well. Right? Holy shit. And wow. I dressed him up. I dressed him up, put sunglasses on him, changed his appearance a little bit. That was a great little puppet. Yeah, it's it was a really good really cool. secret league of ventriloquists in this yeah. room. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you, you ready to get your mind blown, you? Andy? Okay. Get ready, Wait, radio audience. We're gonna fucking. Are you gonna do ventriloquism on on radio? All right, everybody listening, watch his lips. Yes. So there you go, Andy. What do you say? Want to suck this asshole? <laughs> his yeah, lips aren't moving, do. folks. It's no, really impressive. Yeah. Hell yeah, Super it is. Super impressive. Okay, I think I just got to work on it some more and get a contract, and then you know, leave you assholes in the dirt. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might be the That's person it. to do the Edgy Puppet Show then. I could very well do the Edgy Puppet, puppet show. show. Right, but yeah. uh, who's going to watch it? Not yeah. me. Jelly Biggins will be glad to go with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you listen to your own podcast. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, I have too many of them. I, I listened to Mumra last week. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Oh. It was funny. Yep. <laughs> I love that music behind it. It really yeah. adds a lot. <laughs> so Terry Tater Fader does actually sing really well for you know and he's I singing as a Tater Furrier. No. I'm like Terry Furrier. Tater Furrier. Tater Furrier. Tater Furrier. Get some Tater. Tater Fader. Good to meet you, Tater Furrier. <laughs> Sit down, have a drink, take a rest. Ah, you're one of the strangest men I know, Tater Furrier. You speak and yet your mouth don't move at all. So strange. I'd think the devil was with you if I didn't know better. I, I, if I hadn't known your mother, Furrier, I'd be worried. Ah, Tater. Tater, tater, I, love, tater. I loved reading, reading your poetry. I love that the, that the, the slice of life poetry you read there. Well, I guess oh, that could, could segue boy. into my little surprise I have for oh, everybody here. Shit. Oh shit! Eighties Jeff just popped the lid off a Tupperware box, and there's white so icing. What is that? In, in honor of St. Patrick's Day that we're recording this show on, I was cupcakes. given by a uh, friend of the show, Grieg, that I used to work with Grieg. at Star Trek. Ah. His his girlfriend Dolphin likes to bake, and she baked. Guinness cupcakes. Oh, wow. And if I'm not mistaken, they are Irish cream icing. So Paul will probably hate these. I'm going to skip out on them. (laughs) But I definitely recommend you at least take a bite. I'll get a smell. Because it is a cupcake. I have had... this cupcake <laughs> before it is, it, it is delicious so i am around. going to turn down a cupcake boy pass. we're two for two now we got ventriloquism and eating on this podcast <laughs> well your your irish okay, voice so inspired me to the uh, trifecta. Oh, okay, okay. got all the way around good good, good. i'm, the, I'm the, gonna put one here paul right, right in front of you paul, so that you can at least rabbit hole you will maybe, not go down right I, maybe well, take a bite fatty rabbit hole that's out of there that's that's from the that's from the ice cream headache show i should take uh i should take one of these I should take one of these to uh, Matt and uh, Jacob. They'd love that shit. All right. So, um, gentlemen, if you... Look, It's like, it's it's weird. I know know this is geek shock, but what's going on in my mouth this week is... uh, You heathen bastard. Brought to you by Guinness and Jameson. (laughs) Slancha. My goodness. Oh, shit. Mm Mm-hmm. That's definitely Irish oh, cream yeah. That's the stuff. <laughs> it's basically an Irish car bomb cupcake. <laughs> you know, the Irish don't really have as much of a sense of humor about that drink. No, as we do. Uh, <laughs> I I've been told never order one of those when you are in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> 
my bed because you could die. You guys, you guys got to clean your house I, now. Look I had a guest your, order look, one look, of those. Look, look. And oh, no, Andy. It's everywhere. They told me. Slovenly fool. They told me they said they ordered one. Oh, no. I was pointing and I dropped my ah, uh, see? son of a bitch. It's a ma- I think uh, Andy just had an Irish car bomb. His mouth exploded. All right. So they were in a noisy bar. Why don't they you ordered. Sp- <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you swallow before you start the story? I'm working on it. <laughs> swallow all the way. Look <laughs> okay, that swallow. Irish cream. Oh, you Andy, just, you, you just, just knelt, knelt on a big it. chunk. <laughs> oh my God! You just right into the carpet. Right into the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was wrong oh, with you, Andy? Our Andy. So anyway, um, we gotta put um, a, we gotta get start putting this all on video, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is the the hits. Well, if we start doing the show live ever, we're in for a <laughs> right. Well, if we drop food at a place yes. to live at. Yeah, beware theaters, beware your carpets. And Dina's cupcakes. Anyhow, one of my coworkers, uh, or was it one of my guests? I forget which, said that they were in Ireland and they ordered a a friend of theirs ordered a car, Irish car bomb in a noisy Irish bar and it went completely silent. <laughs> It was like so. It was like right out of a movie, <laughs> scene straight out of a movie. Did the, uh, did the record go? <laughs> I don't think it went that far. We'll be having you leave now, laddie. <laughs> go ahead and get out. Don't ever come back. <laughs> Stand over there by the dartboard. We want to use you. Oh, Danny boy, your car, your car's exploding. So yeah. what other geeky things you do this week? Um, well, hold on. Anybody see Chappie? I did. I did. No, two people did. Who, who's, who else saw him? All right, Matt. Matt, and I saw it as well. I really enjoyed it, but I think your mileage varies by how much you enjoy Diane Word. It's a two-hour it, Diane Word music video. It, really? It's directed by Neil Blomkamp. Whoa. It kinda, it's a love letter to Diane Word, without a doubt. They are the entire soundtrack. Except for the orchestral yeah, stuff. One, well, there's one did, or two. Did, so songs it's new tracks or it's old tracks? Mostly old tracks. Oh, are they going to re-release it I, as a soundtrack? I would assume so. I hope so. Hmm. Because it's almost like a Diane Words Greatest Hits kind of thing. Right. Well, it hasn't come out as a soundtrack, has it? Not to my knowledge, but I haven't looked. Well, After time hearing for me to several look. people bash this movie, oh, don't believe the critics. Um, um, my friend Doug Citizen is a, a, a off-time listener of this show. And uh, Stephanie Payne from the Very Awesome Girls and Into Nerdy Activities uh, both like braved up, raved up and down about it. I absolutely loved it, but it takes it. See, it seems like it takes place in a Die Antwoord video. The the <laughs> if you've seen Die Antwoord videos, that kind of creation world they've created, it's kind of in this movie. And Yolandi and Ninja are themselves in this movie, wearing each other's shirts, just. Full on Diane Word love. But what I really loved about it is that Neil Blomkamp has a very singular voice and uses it loudly, stays true to his vision. You can tell there's no movie by committee in this, it's somebody's vision. And it's not without its issues, but I loved it all the way through, including the ending, which I can't say a lot of movies I enjoy the endings. This one I did. The uh, the awkward Sony product placement was. uh you know, there's a lot probably, of PS4s. Probably the, well, yeah. but yeah. other Sony products as well. But yeah, the PS4 was pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty blatantly featured in uh, in a couple scenes. I won't uh, say which ones, but uh, Hugh Jackman, kind of a cartoony bad guy. Yep, Hugh yeah. Jackman's in it. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. Sigourney Weaver's in it as well. 
I like all his movies so far, though. Elysium, District 9, this one. Soon to be District 10. Is that still in the works, District 10? He says Last he has I an heard. idea for it. Okay. Official, but he's going to do Aliens. He said he put District 10 on hold. <laughs> <laughs> he come back, make another The Antwoord hit. <laughs> Yolandi, Ninja, The Antwoord, back for more. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys are laughing, so that must I be saw the it the <laughs> Must be something I'm missing here with the N word. I saw it at the Galaxy Theaters the second she opened her mouth, and like that stupid air. Yeah, the person in the back was like, "Oh!" The whole movie, just laughing every time she opened her mouth. <laughs> Literally that, you right there. Know, you wow. don't know who I am. You don't know about Yolandi. Sukotik. <laughs> I keep it this. Keep his Zef style. <laughs> I, Big I neon letters in their hideout. Zef style in the of back. Of course. <laughs> That's how we roll. Ninja Fuck and spelled me. F-U-K throughout their whole hideout. Fuck that. We don't need that. Yeah. F-O-K. Fuck. I hit you in the head with the mic. I think it was on their license plate too, if I remember right. Yeah, nice. probably was. I forgot to mention this before the, uh, the puppet show at the Vedroga show. There was somebody behind me. At first, I thought I was a drunk who was just, you know, like, and just like saying all kinds of weird shit. And then we kept going, shh, shh. And, you know, he kept saying, yeah, open the box. He's a door. Oh, open the box. He's a door. And about half hour into it, I realized this is a mentally challenged person behind me who has, you know, gone to see the show and his poor hand or his back to go, shh, shh, shh. You know, so I'm like, <laughs> open the box. He's a door. Well, step, he would say, he would, but you open the, it must be some line from a Terry Fader show. And they would, they, they would say them separately. Open the box. And then later on, he would say, he's a door. But he would say a lot of other weird shit, too. And it's like, but those are the two they kept repeating. He's zen deep. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know, shouting truths. But it How was, do you know Terry Fader wasn't throwing his voice <laughs> into that motherfucker? I would have The guy's a goddamn wizard. It was wizard. loud behind my head, I'll tell you. There you go. You see? <laughs> you know something Terry Fader can't do? Hmm. Ventriloquist, uh, ventriloquist liver puddling accent. He had a lot of trouble with that one. Oh, but let's <laughs> see. Oh, oh, okay. I bet I can do it. Here we go. Oh, boy. Here we go. Ooh, I talked to John. He said, I don't think we're going to have a hit record with this one. It's very good. It's really good. It's at all, man. Yeah. I'll have to let this one go. Oh, I don't know why. Let's let's do another record right now. That's real hot. It's beautifully eerie. This drops into skills we didn't know you had. You didn't know I was a ventriloquist. No, I did. Yeah, exactly. I didn't. I knew you were a ventriloquist, but I've never seen you demonstrate it. Is there anything you can't do, Paul? Is there anything I can't do? Is there anything you can't do? Make lots of money and lose weight, apparently. Those are the two. Hey, I'm with you. Well, that's a common theme here in this room. Eat a salad. Eat a salad. He can eat a salad. He can't eat a salad without meat on it. I take it for I can't do that either. That's why I blurted out the thing about Kay and the guitar when he was here before. Because there was a thing he had on Facebook where somebody implied that he could play guitar, and I'd never heard that before. And that's just not the case. <laughs> yeah, you just <laughs> throwing skills his way yeah. in hope and in dreams. Yeah. And you you were like a backup singer for somebody big, weren't you? No, Garth Brooks, yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Nah. Yeah, I mean, I just sort of slipped out one time. Like, you know. 
Oh, those were the days. I have, yeah. I have an IMDb credit as a stuntman, but it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not fake. I mean, I really did do it, but I, I wasn't a part of a stuntman. Yeah, I, what I did was uh, I drove down narrow alleyways in <laughs> Vegas as fast as I could while a cameraman shot footage out my back of, uh, back of my van. <laughs> this is Andy's had, life. <laughs> I drove down narrow alleyways. Also known as hobo butts. <laughs> I fucked a lot of hobo butts to get through. <laughs> Narrow alleyways. That's what I say when someone asks me where I've been. Actually, Narrow alleyways is hobo slang for butts. <laughs> Narrow alleyways. I've been fucking hobo butts. <laughs> trying to make ends meet. What's the hobo symbol for that? What do you what do you write in chalk on the side of the train of the uh, of the, the train? symbol for narrow alleyways, which means fucking hobo butts, is a circle with a fist going in. It's a complicated symbol. Those two words are gold together. What? You know, Andy, it could be worse. My uh, my loan IMDb credit is not on there anymore, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I was once listed as a propane wrangler. Wow, that's propane nice. wrangler. <laughs> yes, I, I actually have an IMDb credit as a production designer, which is a fancy way of saying I did the props for the movie. Yes, <laughs> my name yeah, I, is Eddie's Jeff. I wrangle propane and <laughs> propane accessories. I, I filled something like two hundred balloons with propane. For, for, for blowing up a car. Uh, damn it, that, 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 that sounds car. dangerous. That's terrible <laughs> dangerous. You don't fill balloons with propane. <laughs> that That's a travesty. I would say the first... Propane belongs in the tank, or then on the barbecue. It was Maybe impressive once home. we lit them on fire. Yeah. I would say the first ten balloons are fire, all shits fire, and giggles. Fire. Beyond that... Every balloon is like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> were you in a were you in a well ventilated area doing this? Yeah, we were we were outside. We were we were okay. gonna blow up a we, car we had the for a movie, cracked. and that was so, the plan. So yeah, we 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 had a, a we had a junked car. Is that, that how it goes? Well, that's how we did it. That's <laughs> one of the ways. <laughs> Making it up on the fly. No, you filled the balloons with propane, and then you put you them in see, a garbage you bag. You filled the balloon with propane. <laughs> yeah. And then and you stick it in the car. No, no, I want to hear this. What was the plan here? <laughs> the, last, the last balloon you fill, you put a squib in there, <laughs> and then you tie it off. And then you oh. uh, you run the the uh, the wiring from the from that squib out to the remote uh, where you're going to set off the effect. So um, we ran it out into a field about 100 yards, maybe 200 yards away, um, wired it up, and then rolled cameras and set it off. And nice big mushroom fireball. Wow. Yeah, it was it was how, damn how impressive. Big a car, how big a car was it that 200 balloons fit in it? Oh, God, dude. It, we probably could have fit more in there. It, um, we, we had to do it twice. The first time... Um, we thought we had enough. So um, didn't blow the balloon up. Well, it, it blew up, but it just wasn't as impressive. So we doubled it the second time and put way more balloons in there and stuffed every nook and cranny of it. It was a little um, uh, Ford, uh, little two door Ford. I can't remember what it was. Now, it was if you'd have done, done this, you told me about this before you filled my bathroom with those balloons when I was gone <laughs> for me to come back to. I would have been a little more scared. You should be. Yeah. And now that you know, you should always be wary. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be afraid of balloons now. But we, uh, yeah. for a forty hour forty forty hour film, we uh, needed a goat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's no. like. What kind we of movie was this? Always a great story. Is this the, the, the great the superhero, superhero ones? No, this is this is the same group, but it was called the Wrong Taco Shop. 
It's on YouTube. Oh yeah, um, that's definitely the wrong taco shop. And, and no, taco wait, no, 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 sorry, that is, was uh, what was that one? That was uh, taco Wizard Cops. Town? Wizard Cops, where we needed the oh, goat. Oh, Wizard Cops. Yeah, that's right. right but we ended, we ended up going to Craigslist to find a goat. No, there's a guy selling a goat. We got him to rent the goat to us for an hour. <laughs> goat uh, rental service. How much? I think it was like fifty bucks. Yeah, I think it was like he started selling right. for seventy five. I was going to say he probably was going to sell it for a little more. Yeah. And like, I'll just give but then, it to well, you. If we'd bought it, what would we have done with the goat? Right. Yeah. No. You. Well, you'd have eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anybody in the top. They're they are a widely talented group, but I don't think anyone in that group knows how to kill and slaughter a goat. Oh no, I wouldn't know. I'd have, you'd have to take it to a guy. <laughs> yeah. Take it to Tato. Take it to a butcher. Take it. Take it up to uh, Roadkill Grill and then yeah. let them do it. They're up at the um, shooting range now too. They have a Roadkill Grill up there. Is that the place you guys went? No. You no, Rolling yet. Smokes were yeah. Jeff and I you, went. Uh, Roadkill Grill, dude. We got to get there. Yeah, we do. It's yes. amazing. Uh, and I want to go with you guys when you go to uh, Frankie's. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, Tiki Lounge is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the time we went. Yeah, it was good. Any other geeky things you want to talk about, gentlemen? I'm good. I didn't do anything. Just sort of <laughs> sat around. <laughs> That's a very geeky thing to do. Yeah. You played a game or two. Yeah. Not really. You you, you failed to roll, you failed to. <laughs> I don't want to speak about that to ten. Okay. I'm hey, I'm just saying five comes a lot for some reason. Jeez. You played a whole a whole round of Catan. Uh, the, apparently don't, poorly. Don't, don't play Catan with these fuckers. Oh no! Don't play Catan with your wife who bullied you into not picking the spot you should have picked. Hey, listen. <laughs> I, I listen. I need to go home with her. Okay, you keep her happy. I don't go home with you. Happy okay. Wife. <laughs> did you uh did you see those memes? Those uh the Catan 19 memes? 19 Catan memes? Yeah. Yes. They're yeah. very funny. And true. Yeah, for the most part. News you don't give a shit about. Yeah. What's your fucking shit? Shut up, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was really good. Uh, and of course, K one was sheep. <clears throat> Did he? Yeah, he just he said had he had a, sheep. Sheepopoly. He had the sheep. He had like a huge sheep production plant, and he had the sheep port. So he just like. Yeah. That's because those two trade sheep port between them, and and me and you fight each other, which we shouldn't. But that's just you. You started all the time. This thing, one of you gets a chip on the shoulder for the other, and the rest of the game is just you hand it to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Good play. News you don't give a shit about, James O'Barr has confirmed that Boardwalk Empire's Jack Houston will be the next Crow, and that the upcoming film will, quote, shoot in a couple of months. If you are unfamiliar, the story is about a murdered man who comes back to life thanks to a crow in order to get revenge on those who killed him and his girlfriend slash fiance, Shelley Webster, who will be played by Downton Abbey's Jessica Brown Findlay. James O'Barr also confirmed that the new movie will be an adaptation of his graphic novel and that it will be different from the 1994 movie. Uh, Corin Hardy from The Hollow is set to helm the reboot with a script from Cliff Dorfman, who wrote The Warrior. Obar added that the cast will be entirely British, and the crow will speak to Eric as he did in the comics. Does anybody care about that anymore? Well, that's the thing. I was thinking <clears throat> that would probably not be a movie being remade, except for the fact that Brandon Lee got killed making the second one, right? Or the first first one? First yeah. one, yeah. I'd almost argue that it was popular because he died. Yeah. No, I think that. I think that's. It's honestly. I mean, I watched it uh, last year. And not as good as I remembered it being. So I think maybe the the hype of 
him dying on the set maybe made it. I mean, oh, now, us, us gothies just really I was fell say, to it. I, I think that right. may have been the first seriously goth comic. Well, I'll tell you, Jack Houston, I'm a Boardwalk Empire junkie mm-hmm. and a Downton Abbey junkie. Yeah, well, see, it's your real Jack Houston is wonderful. He plays uh, Mr. Darrow, uh, or, or I'm sorry, Mr. Harrow, um, the war veteran sniper. Amazing. Amazing, really great actor, and uh, oh boy, if you don't know uh, Jessica Brown Finley, adorable, Aww. adorable. It'd be sad and, when she dies. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, she just—that's no, the first three minutes of the movie. She's out of control. <laughs> so, Spoiler. I have to say, I actually do kind of care about this. I did. I was one of the gothy kids that liked The Crow. I was too. I bought the novel like a couple months before the movie came out and I bought the soundtrack of course because it has a Nine Inch Nails exclusive <laughs> track of uh, what's it called I don't even remember oh, all I remember is the horrible be, song Can't Rain All the Time oh. but that was the only bad part of the track the rest of the what is that one? someone take these dreams away save the fo- Dark Souls that's what it's called Dark Souls it was. It was a great little industrial album, which yeah, you didn't see I much mean, of in the mainstream. Right. It's not the best album, but it was, for its time, it was like, oh. It was an introduction for many of us. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I'm actually kind of looking forward to this reboot, just because James O'Barr is kind of taking it to its roots. Not that I feel that it veered that far away. It didn't. But. Didn't have the talking crow, though. But didn't have the talking crow. It remi- It's a lot like the first Turtles book. In what way? It's just a straight-up revenge story. Yeah, sure. And the baddie gets it. Yeah, yeah. it's very simple. Yeah. yeah. Classic Shakespearean. Not, uh, the first, not too deep. Titus Andronicus. Is, is intentionally dark because it's a funnier parody when it's dark. Not only and that. it was a parody. Before not only was, that, uh, but it was it was going to just be the one thing. Right, it was a one-off. Yeah, um, but it, and I think the same thing with The Crow. I don't think, I mean, it's just the book. Did he, I'm sure he's done other, did he do other stuff? It was a four or five issue miniseries. Right. He collecting a graphic novel. But that's it. Yeah. <clears throat> Eric Draven. Eric Draven. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only news you don't give a shit about this week. Wow. wow. He, like, why did he like kill for his long wait, hair or something? I think, yes, that's what, it was for a wig company. No, wig company went I mean, after like, they, didn't the guys come out and were like, you got long hair. <laughs> I Pretty it's boy, been, it's been that Something long. Like I don't that, even yeah, know. Was it like that? Yeah. It's real dumb. Like they're like, like you went black. Wait, wait on why didn't we, that was? Just, why didn't we get? <laughs> why? Weird, yeah. Why did we not give a shit about that? Because I wanted to put something in the categories the closest thing I could find. Oh. Someone out there probably didn't because uh, we seem to give a shit about that. But yeah, yeah. It kind of is. So they'll just slide in a week and geek. Yeah. So a week and geek. There's a crow movie coming out. <laughs> and no one cares. New Crow. They're, they're, they're Jeff. News don't give a shit about for Jeff. New Crow. Uh, this December, we get the continuation of the original Star Wars saga with J.J. Abrams' take of The Force Awakens. Now, the Walt Disney Company is also de- developing spinoff films that will take us beyond the main core of the Can story. Can you believe that's happening? I mean, like, I can't even believe it's happening. I, I, it's almost like my brain won't believe it till it sees it, right, even though it knows right. it's all there. People are getting paid. Right. It's happening. It just doesn't seem real. Yeah. Well, especially because for 30 years we've been hearing, oh, they're going to make more Star Wars. Yeah, right. And there's going to be so much toys. 
real soon. That's going to be ridiculous. Good Lord. When were the prequels? You better start saving your money. No, I learned my lesson with the prequels. I spent so much money on those fucking prequel toys, and they were garbage because you don't care. You don't care about those characters. <laughs> was, was it the Django Fett one that you bought and the head popped off and you're like... They're both of them. The fucking Django Fett. <laughs> the Django Fett, the head popped off. I'm like, God damn it, spoilers. I know. And the worst one is the, is the, I was the Anakin. Happened. His arm comes off. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Magnet arm, bitch. Uh, I was with him when the, the head popped off and he's like, he's like, well, I wonder what this is. like, pop. It's like... God damn it. God damn spoilerific fucking was that action really, figures. Was it really attached with the magnet? Was it really? Yeah, his yeah. arms. Oh, it, my God. Yeah, his arms are attached with the magnet, and the head was attached with the magnet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, what's his name? Lost his arm with a magnet. Anakin oh, boy. Skywalker. <laughs> he, I, was, he, he was so pissed. I can't even tell you, dude. Uh, it was... It was I felt Those bad movies. for him because he was so psyched about seeing the film, <sighs> and he's sitting there playing with his toy. And the head pops it's off. It's still the best one of, of the three is the second one. But it's just, you got to <laughs> make Mace Windu the agent of the Sith that he is. And they don't. And it stays stupid. Well, with the spinoff films, we've known since last May that the first of them will be helmed by Godzilla director Gareth Edwards. And now Disney CEO Bob Iger announced that Edwards' spinoff is titled Rogue One. Iger also confirmed that Oscar-nominated screenwriter Chris Weitz, who wrote About a Boy, is on board to script the film. He also confirmed reports last month that Oscar nominee Felicity Jones, who was in The Theory of Everything and The, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, has been cast in the film. Who was she in that? I think she was the one that was going to be Black Cat. Gotcha. And they never got that? Right. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Felicity, Felicia. They, people are dumb. They they hire for shit like that. Oh, her name is almost the same name. Let's just do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, Bob. What do you think, Bob? I, I like it, Bob. And yet, I have not been hired for the remake of Mayberry RFD. <laughs> nope. Andy Taylor. <laughs> so, yeah, after A Force Awakens, Andy? we get a Star Wars Andy? movie every year. what's this hobo marking on my wall? <laughs> Now I'll be. You don't worry yourself none about what? that there. What I'm a little worried. It looks like a man's fist. asshole getting fisted. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll be. How would you know anything about that? Oh, Aunt B knows a thing or two. <laughs> you know. You know what the B stands for? <laughs> butthole. Barney. <laughs> butthole. Barney. It's the B stands for butthole. <laughs> Disney's Aunt B. Aunt B. <laughs> Mayberry, RFD. The D stands for dick. The B in Aunt B stands for butthole. RFD. D for dick. RF. Real fun. Real fun dick. Get your dick. Y'all Real come fun back dick. Now you right here? May Aunt B's butthole. What? Y'all come back now, you hear? Y'all come back now, you hear? See, I, I thought it was Y'all real fucking back now, dick. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> well, right up. Aunt B's butthole. <laughs> my gracious, Andy. That's so much semen in my colon. <laughs> Time to make a cream pie. No. <laughs> oh no! First, first, as I'm looking at that white first uh, Buffalo mind. Bill image, <laughs> and that went he's cream pie. Oh god! No, Opie, Opie turns translucent because he's already as white as he. Oh. <laughs> Opie, little Opie Cunningham. There was some very, very sad news this week. Uh, Sir Terry Pratchett died last week at the age of 66. 
Uh, Pratchett had been dadling, uh, battling posterior cordial atrophy, PCA, a rare degenerative brain and nervous system disorder categorized as the visual variant of Alzheimer's disease and passed quietly at his home with his sleeping cat beside him on his bed surrounded by close family. Uh, the satirical English author was best known for his Discworld series of comedic fantasy novels and stories set in the fictional land of Discworld. Uh, starting with The Color of Magic in 1983, 40 Discworld books have been published around the world, selling more than 80 million copies, making Pratchett UK's best-selling author of all time after Harry Potter's J.K. Rowling. Pratchett uh, completed his final Discworld novel last summer while struggling with the progressive disease and fought his ailments with his signature style of humor to the end. Uh, knighted by the Crown in 2009 for his brilliant contributions and service to literature, he was the recipient of the World Fantasy Award in 2010 in honor of his lifetime achievements. You saw his, his last tweets, right? I did not see his last tweets. Oh, oh, oh the whole thing about walking off with death at the end. Like his last tweet was the end. Yeah, yeah. I did actually. I did see those. Um, Pratchett, I loved when I read this. It it hit me hard. He's. His, his is the Douglas Adams of fantasy. Just beautiful satire, biting wit, and every one of his novels has been a joy that I've read. Yep. So if you haven't read them, by all means, pick one up because they're there to I, just take you through some good tough times. I think the first thing I read of his was Good Omens. They did with Neil Gaiman. Right. And I was familiar, of course, with Neil Gaiman. And I didn't realize until I read some more Pratchett, like, oh, yeah, a lot of that's, most of that is, is Pratchett. Yeah, very G- much Game so. and threw in some ideas. <clears throat> He's a, I, I will have to admit, I've never read any of his, his books, but uh, I did find out uh, that he is a staunch advocate for Alzheimer's research. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. as he was battling the disease and mentoring new young authors and writing and several other things was going around the world promoting Alzheimer's research. Yeah. Even even till like the very end. So I mean, you know, that's something you know, many people don't know. I, I have a mother who is um slowly slipping away um because of Alzheimer's. So that's something that uh, is very important to me is Alzheimer's research. Right. It is one of the most underfunded diseases as far as for research especially here in the u.s i mean some other countries are making some impressive advances but here in the u.s we are lagging far behind in alzheimer's and research i know andy also we've, yeah. we've had many discussions andy's also been touched by this yeah my, my mom disease. spent 17 years dying of that <clears throat> but um also as we as a people get older and older because we're not dying of other things we're all going right. to with alzheimer's eventually so let's put <laughs> maybe, some money into that <clears throat> but, he was uh, also quite the proponent of death with dignity and yes right suicide yep. Yep. yes <clears throat> although he didn't choose to do so himself because he was still fairly lucid he was still lucid he was still writing he was still happy with his life until he died but that was his plan yeah absolutely but uh yeah great author if you haven't read him you will be very happy when you do. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, if you if you like Douglas Adams, you like you like Terry Pratchett. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and there's a lot more of it to read. Yes, right. Right. forty books. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and I believe uh, I could be wrong on this, but I believe his daughter is setting up to take the mantle and and continue on the oh. Discworld series. That'd she be, mentioned fine. in a interview post death that he finished his final book and it will be published. 
Okay. Uh, I Good. think he said before the end of this. She said before the end of this year, but uh, okay. Um, I w- was reading that on one of my tech blogs. Ironically, I was I, sitting there going, "Whoa." <laughs> I Terry think it's Pratchett still on Netflix, but um, Going Postal, they made a really decent movie from Going Postal. And they also did a couple cartoons the UK created. Really? I have, they're hard to find. I have them on DVD, but they're they're pretty decent adaptations. Mm-hmm. Going Postal, is that the one with Michael Douglas? No, no, no. <laughs> what it's, am I thinking of? Falling, falling Down. Falling Down. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> also a comedy. Terrible movie. <laughs> it is yeah. a terrible fucking movie. A very movie. dark comedy. It's not even... Oh. White non-guilt. Right, it's like, <laughs> I'm white. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really white, and everything should be going my way. What up? I mean, like, seriously, yeah. if people pitch that movie today, everybody <laughs> laughed out of the offices. It's just, and it's a terrible film. It's a terrible film. Yeah. No redemption in that at all. I never found myself in a position where I thought, I think I'm going to watch that. Yeah. (laughs) I I think I ended up watching that when uh, this was, you know, movie rental days. When every Friday was you go and you get the new release and and just lucked out that, oh, oh, it's in. Okay. Douglas, let's check it out. Oh, just a (laughs) real bummer. It falls in the cat one. I don't know if they showed that on planes, but I know like Periscope Up. (laughs) Is a movie I would, never would have seen except I was on a plane and it was you just mean as awful down as I Periscope. Thought. Is the, that what it is? Whatever the one with Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Grammer. Periscope yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> Periscope up. That's that's the porn sub. version of that. It's actually yeah. a very funny movie. Really? really? All right, really soldiers, like we it. better Periscope up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on a plane. Maybe they cut some cut the good stuff out. Well, they do that on the planes yeah. a lot. Yeah, it's got to be a little more family friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually got to watch Speed on a bus. That's true. Really? It was great. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that was an awesome time. Was it going 55 Excuse me, driver. Go, go right. below 50. We like, uh, could you keep it up? Oh! <laughs> Every time we came to stoplights, we were like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> There's a cruise ship on, number two. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cable Net- Network USA has placed a pilot order for Falling Water which is described as, quote, a mind-bending thriller intersecting reality and unconscious thoughts, unquote. I just want want them to remake Up All Night with Gilbert Gottfried. I'm going to (laughs) put Up All Night out again. That would be all right. Yeah, it would. USA, Up All Night. He was hilarious, man. (laughs) Who was the gal who hosted it before him? Oh, God. uh, What was her name? Yeah, Mm. the... I don't remember her name, though. Tina Yothers. No. (laughs) (laughs) Tina Yothers. Although I enjoyed Dana, Joe, Bob Briggs. Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, Joe Bob Briggs was great. Was great. Yeah. That was Showtime. He was right? good. No, no, that was that was one of the or great, TNT. I think it was TNT. He was yeah. TNT for a while. The drive-in thing. Yeah, he was fun. Uh, but no, no, he did he he did Showtime for a while because he had the boob ratings and all that stuff. Okay, I missed that show then. Yeah. Uh, if you get the DVD release of I Spit on Your Grave, he does the commentary? he does the commentary. Rhonda Shear. Rhonda Shear. Shear. Wow. That's what it was. Yep. So, Falling Water, the series will tell the story of three unrelated people who realize they are are dreaming separate parts of a connected dream. Each person is on a quest for something, missing a missing loved one, etc., that can only be found in their subconscious. Though the visions could also put their lives at stake. The original pilot script was co-created and co-written by late Homeland Emmy Award winner Henry Brommel before his tragic passing in 2013. Producer Gail Ann Hurd, Blake Masters, who's behind Rubicon, and Juan Carlos Fresnadillo from 28 Weeks Later are in charge of the project. When, when I read this, the first thing that popped in my mind, speaking of paid cable shows, was Dream On, the early HBO comedy starring oh, yes. okay, Brian yeah. Benben. Yeah. 
if it's like it, it's not going to be like that but i really want it to be like that. <laughs> I, I, if you're not familiar it was a comedy about a book editor who's Conscious thoughts were portrayed as old TV yeah, and movie clips. It was raised on the old TV movies, no. yeah. So when it, whenever you they were going to show you what was in his brain, it would be a clip from these old this movies. And it was just a sm- smart, clever, and funny show. Unfortunately, he's wandered, wandered off to the bat room. But, uh, um, yeah, uh, on the other show, the they, were, they were talking about uh, Herman's head and this show. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Herman's head. Yeah. And both of them sort of spin-off of uh, Thurber's uh, um, uh, Walter Mitty. Okay, yeah. A new imagining of the Anglo-Saxon epi- epic oh, poem shit. Beowulf is heading to TV. Da Vinci's demons actor Kieran Boo has been cast in the role of Beowulf, who battles and slays Grendel, a terrifying monster that roamed and terrorized the mythical, mythical, mythical shield lands during Britain's Dark Ages, spurring the creature's mother into a deadly, bloody attack. The 13-episode series will be produced by ITV Studios in the UK, along with Boo, and the series will also star William Hurt in the role of the mythical Danish king Hrothgar. Uh, Filming on Beowulf is set to begin March 2015 in the UK, and the series will air sometime on ITV later this year. No word on when it will air in the US. All right. Well, I like William Hurt. Yeah. I like Beowulf. Uh, The previous entities of Beowulf, did you like those? The old English version of it's a little hard to read. (laughs) (laughs) I never saw the Bob Zemeckis, uh, the mo-capped CG one. I didn't see that one. They want to hear or see that? I did. It was kind of weak. I mean, it was was, was nice to see, you know, sort of mo-cap and naked Angelina Jolie. But, you know, uh, other than that, it was like, no, okay. Yeah, a lot of people were pissed. I remember a lot of there was a lot of controversy about that because everybody was like, "Oh my god, she went new for the, and then she's all like, "No, that's just my head that they captured. They CG'd the body and everybody was throwing a fit." It's like, "Oh, it's not really her." It's like, <laughs> "It's a, a computer, fit. it's a ki- CG animation movie, people." And if you want to see her new, she did early <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? Gia and like yeah. a couple others. So it's not it's not like it's hard like, to find, but yeah. I not, just not, I I thought it was such a ridiculous quote-unquote controversy not, for the time. Not we're like, trying to turn the show into Mr. Skin, but I mean that was the point. A lot of that was the point. A lot of the people saw that show was because of the whole naked Angelina Jolie. Oh, that yeah, where emerges from liquid or something like that, and yeah, whatever. Some things never change, man. Yeah, I guess so. Ah, <laughs> uh, let the right one in was a 2004 Swedish horror novel that produced a 2008 Swedish movie, which in turn created a good 2010 American remake. Let me in. Uh, and now onward it goes. Let the Right One In is currently in development by A&E as a television series. Huh. Wow. Let the Right One In is about a bullied boy and the relationship he has with his neighbor who happens to be a vampire. According to Hollywood Reporter, quote, the network is teaming with Teen Wolf showrunner Jeff Davis and actor-screenwriter Brandon Boyce to adapt the Swedish vampire story. The drama follows the boy and the female vampire who lives in secrecy with her mysterious guardian, when a series of strange murders pops up in their small Vermont town, it attracts the attention of a federal marshal with a mysterious past of his own, unquote. And he won a bidding war against Showtime for this property. Mysterious marshal, huh? Like Van Helsing? I, <laughs> I can't make a judgment on that. If they go that, to- that <laughs> yeah. twist, I'm out. Like, yeah, I, I can't make a judgment on that until they do it, because that could be really, really great or just really, really awful. I mean, it, But I don't think it could be middle. 
I, th- I think it's this one of those things that's either going to really hit or really miss. Perhaps it, it, it is promising that it is a in A and E in the driver's seat. I've only seen the original. I've only seen the subtitled Swedish version of it, and that is uber creepy in a weird way. It's done really well, and the pool scene is one of my favorite horror movie scenes of the last 10 years. It's just all kinds of uncomfortable. You're talking about the remake version, let me in. I am talk- they actually almost made that shot for shot, the, the final of it. Okay. But I prefer the Swedish version over the American version, but they're both good. He actually reviewed the Swedish version for uh, the Ugly Couch Show. Oh, yeah. but, so it is. But that pool scene is amazingly shot. Mm-hmm. So the TV show, who knows? They're expanding a story that doesn't necessarily need an expansion i mean the movie ending isn't exactly a final ending like most horror movies Mm -hmm. so it mm, i don't want to give away too much i think you're in the same place as me though it could be really good or really bad yeah yeah the the including of this of this marshall does make me worry though yeah Mar- Marshall with a secret past. Well, of his own. it sounds like the you know Americanized television version of movies where they they throw some silly little quote unquote plot twist in to try to make it you know that serial style for mm, television serial. and it just doesn't always work. I throw in the guy chasing the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a recent interview with Den of Geek, Sam J. Jones gave an update on the long-in-development Flash Gordon flick, revealing that the movie will now be a sequel. And there are talks for him to appear in the movie. Flash the lumpy old man? (laughs) (laughs) John Davis seems to be sitting in the producer's seat for the new Flash Gordon. The Blacklist producer is busy one with his upcoming Man from Uncle and Victor Frankenstein, as well as an upcoming uh, undated Predator sequel. Uh, when Flash Gordon was released back in 1980, there was plans for a sequel. But, of course, that never materialized because no. it didn't do so well. No, it, it did poorly. It's, it's more of a cult favorite than anything else now. But, but uh, They were looking at doing it as a reboot of the original serialized. Right. right. More serious Flash Gordon. Well, but, uh, but now almost, they're going back to the 80s style. They've, they've really only lost, uh, what's his name, that played the professor in the... Uh, Hans Zarkov. Well, I mean, the, the, I meant the actor. Uh, the, he's got the one name. It's going to drive me crazy. Charo. <laughs> yes. He's still around. Charo. And we have a relationship. Hello. No, but, uh, I mean. Is that your Charo? Was that your Charo right there? It was there? bad. It was bad. Coochie, <laughs> coochie. Most of the actors from that, that 1980 uh, Flash Gordon are still around, so they could all played make Dale? cameos. Fabio. <laughs> Fabio, nice. They, they both. You couldn't tell this part on the screen because they both have that great hair. Forget it, Ming. Deals with me. Oh no, it was, it was Gerardo. <laughs> Rico. Wow. I've actually. Suave. I've actually seen Sam Jones in a couple things lately. Well, he's had like little guest spots on TV shows, and uh, well, he, he acts just as well he used to, as he used to. <laughs> He was in Ted. I mean, that was like one of the best parts of yes, that whole was. movie. Yes, <laughs> it was. Yeah, have to agree with that. That makes sense now. I didn't realize he was in that. I bought a double pack of Ted and Flash Gordon. Ah, now you get sense. Why <laughs> I didn't know they sold a double pack of that. <laughs> they sold. They sold a double pack of that at Walmart. It was like I was like, okay, that price is right. 
I don't have either one of these on DVD. <laughs> was it was like ten bucks for the two of them? Something like that. Twelve yeah. bucks, I think, for both. What a I, bargain! I ended yeah. up buying <laughs> all of the Harry Potter movies for like twenty bucks. Nice. Yeah, it's a good it's deal. Like, yeah, it's got that fantastic Queen soundtrack. Boom, 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 boom. Right, the soundtrack's great. Brian Blessed is great. Amazing. Oh God. It's cheap. <laughs> the movie itself is cheesy and, and insane. It's but just not. It's, it's just not good. It isn't. But <laughs> it was almost like they're trying to make their own Rocky Horror Picture Show. Right when he kills him in the end, spoilers. That's cool. And that death pit is cool. Yes, the spike. That's pit is straight true. up Mortal Kombat. <laughs> kills shit. him with a rocket ship. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh. Puts it right through him. Right the the through trial of putting your hand in a rock with a creature in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some good shit. Yeah, stuff that or my. La, 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 la eight nine-year-old brain really ate up right yeah <laughs> clearly that was the test audience yeah. yay more of that <laughs> come my hawk man as long as i've seen a movie how do, they, how do they get him how do they how do they get him back in time in the movie i don't even remember I mean, how I it starts forward in time. i don't think i can i don't think it's anyone not. who's seen the movie can actually remember the first 50 minutes you just remember i remember from right. playing football on I don't even remember him playing football. <laughs> Zarkov launches oh, a stu- Oh, wait, he plays space football. Space football, yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how it all goes Jeff down. Jeff knows, of course. Hans Zarkov <laughs> detects this this little rift in space. He builds a, a rocket ship. As one does. Uh, the plane <laughs> carrying New York Jets football star Flash Gordon crash lands <laughs> during this meteor shower right outside, of course, of Zarkov's laboratory. So, they're seeking shelter inside his laboratory. They get in the rocket ship because he's about to blast off. And it's like, well, it's either stay here and die or go in the rocket ship with him. And They're they blast dying off. of a meteor attack? No, the, the meteor, their meteor shower is happening and it's raining down on that location. So, if they don't get out of there via rocket ship, they're going to get squished. They're going to get killed. Well, Zarkov is going to go in his rocket ship through this... This dimensional right. portal thing. Where's Dale? Dale is with Flash Gordon. This morning's unprecedented. Oh, Slowly Equips has no yeah. Anyway, so they launch the rocket ship up there. It goes into the dimension, and then that's when they end up in... Uh, she was already with Flash Gordon? Yes. She, she was, was, on, she was on, on the plane? The plane yes. Okay. Their boyfriend and girlfriend already? No. Who were they to each other? I want to say she was like a reporter interviewing him or something like that. I'd have to go back and watch Makes it again. Sense. I'm just, I'm, I'm really kind condensing of, about I, half an hour's worth of footage into just a couple of seconds. I, I have to shut up. Poor K two is going to burst a blood vessel listening to the thing right now. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I was mixing up Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers earlier. Now I've got it straight. <laughs> oh man, you're dumb. <laughs> it's easy to mess up, but they're, they're both <laughs> based on comics from the 20s and 30s. Yeah, or cartoons from the comic, Buck Rogers comic though. strips. You can't, Matt. You can't. What's Aaron Gray, dude? You can't. The year is 1985, right. and NASA launches the last of its deep space probes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hobo markings on the side of the ship indicate it's going right up the space's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Direct or not, Bill Reed is stuck in the space jam. Ends up in Space Jam. <laughs> Why is there a hobo sign for Goatsy on the side of your spaceship? <laughs> Don't ask me. I'm Bill Reed, the astronaut. <laughs> I'm from 1985. I'm Bill Reed. And I, I had a little tough time during my time in space. 
apparently I didn't get enough air for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Reed fights on <laughs> through the, j- <laughs> the jungles of space. <laughs> Every challenge. <laughs> What is this? What is this junk in here? <laughs> Where'd you get that? Look at that! That's like a really big bubble bee. Come here! Whap! 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 Bill Reed, oxygen-deprived astronaut. Dano! <laughs> 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 God damn it, Andy! Now I've got that stupid theme from Buck Rogers right. stuck in my uh, head. Ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba, no, no, no! Ba-ba-ba. Not that one. The cheesy one with lyrics. There's lyrics. Oh wow. my god! <laughs> Only on the I'm, I'm going to make you suffer so later and show it it's to you. It's so wow. bad. Far beyond. Oh my god! This I have heard them. Yes, I, I have. know. Oh. Far yeah. beyond my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it. I'm Bill Reed. <laughs> you know that's hey. where they got the idea for the Enterprise theme. Song. Hey everybody! I'm <laughs> from I'm from a long time ago. They gave me new pants. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Look at that! Look at that robot! Oh boy! Bill Reed is impressed with your technology. I love us how you've inhabited the character. You've yeah. cricked your neck in. Yeah, I'm Bill Reed. I'm Bill Reed. I'm clutching your fist I didn't by get enough oxygen for a while. Clutching your fist are, by are your you crotch. Bill Reed or Captain Pike? Huh? Are you Bill Reed or Captain Pike? I'm not that bad off. Yeah. I can still go and do things. I'm still my own man. Bill Reed is an independent man. Bill Reed, the astronaut. All the way to licking your lips. (laughs) I know Buck Rogers. I really need the video for this part. Bill Reed, the astronaut. Uh. Bill Reed, oxygen-deprived astronaut. Uh We've completely derailed the show. What were you starting to say, Torgo? I want one of of those machines that makes soup automatically. Don't you have that in the future? The replicator? What? It's called a Keurig. A (laughs) Keurig. Sounds good to me. Keurig. Bill Reed will take it as long as it makes Bill Reed his soup <laughs> in like three minutes or less. Bill Reed, if there's one thing you can know about Bill Reed, I don't like to wait for soup. <laughs> it's kind of what I'm about, not waiting for soup. That and being an astronaut who didn't get quite enough oxygen during his travel to space. That's not Bill Reed's fault. That's some engineer, some egghead, some egghead dropped the ball. Way to go, egghead. Now Bill Reed's in the future, but he's not quite as capable as he used to be. Oh, boy. You understand. Oh, boy. Understand. Anybody else smell yogurt? We thought you would prefer huh? the chowder to the oxygen. That's why we put the tube that did the, um, gave you the chowder instead of the oxygen. Oh, uh, that's why Bill Reed loves soup. That's what kept me going. Limited oxygen in soup. <laughs> oh, boy. Bill Reed loves soup. But i tell you one thing, one thing you need to know about Bill Reed. He doesn't like to wait for soup. Nope. There's one thing you know about Bill Reed, besides being oxygen depraved, <laughs> deprived. <laughs> depraved is good. Sabotage. All right, you're pretty oxygen Talking's depraved. Talking's not number one on Bill Reed's list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill Reed, astronaut flying. <laughs> That's my song. Now, when you put the tube up your nose, what? that that, what that squirts the uh, chowder down your throat. <laughs> uh huh. Can you taste the soup? Not while I'm sleeping. Bill Reed was in cryostasis. <laughs> I was in cryostasis, just wasn't getting enough oxygen. Do you dream of electric soup? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Reed didn't have enough oxygen to dream. But Bill Reed would love to try electric soup. Do you have that in the future? Is it made of electricity? <laughs> yes, it is. Mm. 
Plasma and electricity. Some. Bill Reed will try it. I'm not afraid. I'm astronaut. <laughs> Director. Bill <laughs> 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 Reed. Bill Reed. Astronaut. Yeah. So it's for you, Barry. Turn off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy it, Barry Rob. <laughs> There's one thing you need to know about Bill Reed. He doesn't trust that fucking Barry Rob. <laughs> Not a fucking bit. You don't trust anybody with hair that long. No, sir. And yet you hold his hair up when he's running into the toilet. Get a haircut. Get a haircut, hippie. Get a haircut, hippie. That's how Bill Reed used to be. He used to be real, real anti-hippie. Back in 1985. Director Barry Sonnenfeld's next film project will be a feature adaptation of author, magician, and professional debunker James the Amazing Randy's Project Alpha. Nice. A four-year hoax begun in 1979 that enlisted false psychics posing as actual purveyors of the paranormal arts to fool the scientific community. This elaborate ruse was one of the many miraculous subjects covered in the acclaimed uh, sorry, 2014 uh, Randy documentary, An Honest Liar, directed by Justin Weinstein and Tyler uh, Meesom. For nearly five decades, the amazing Randy has been an outspoken antagonist of unscrupulous persons who prey on the bereaved or claim paranormal powers. The 86-year-old psychic, expert, magic historian, and self-proclaimed liar has appeared on Johnny Carson and David Letterman many times over the years to discuss his latest cause or debunk guests claiming to possess telekinetic or extrasensory skills, the most notorious of those being charismatic Israeli spoonbender Uri Geller. Uh, Project Alpha enlisted the acting talents of phony psychic Steve Shaw and Michael Edwards, who participated in paranormal research project orchestrated by Randy, the pair were paraded around the country, being tested and examined under close scrutiny, performing astonishing feats of blowing fuses, bending spoons, moving objects in sealed containers, and impossible mentalism effects. The scam was eventually revealed in, a 1980, in 1983 in a public press conference at the offices of Discover Magazine. I love The Amazing Randy. He is one of my favorite debunkers of all time. One of the guys that got me on the road to becoming ex- a skeptic in the first place. Right. And so I haven't seen the documentary, but I love that they're doing a dramatic version of this yeah. story. And of course we have the, uh, the amazing Randy's, uh, what, what is the, the amazing uh, meeting, the amazing meeting here in July. Yes. Although I, I only go for the bacon and donut party. I don't blame you. It's a good party. Yeah. I, I the met the amazing year. Randy when I was 10. Really? Yeah, he actually showed me a magic trick when I was 10. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What was that like 1920? 1973, oh, my friend. 1973. Okay. Right. <laughs> I wasn't Nixon even was born yet. <laughs> it's just Andy. There you go, Andy. This is how you Andy sweep Taylor. <laughs> Look how I moved. He was an old-looking man in 73. <laughs> Taylor, 5,000 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Kevin Smith so confirmed he is working on Mallrats 2. Yay. He made the statement after a tweet of his suggestion. It suggested plans to do a follow-up to the 1995 cult comedy, which bombed at the box office, but became a fan favorite in the years since. Smith also told the reason why he decided now, 20 years later, to do Mallrats 2. Producer James Jacks produced Mallrats and would always joke with Smith about making a sequel. He passed away last year, and Smith decided that finally making the movie Jacks wanted to see would be a beautiful tribute to him. He has three projects he wants to do beforehand, but he's eyeing May 2016 for the start date. 
It is the weakest of those movies, but that's like saying the you know ugliest uh, Victoria's Secret model. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually my favorite Kevin Smith film. Is it really? Okay. It really is. I and I am the first to admit that the the two lead characters they're terrible uh, are are not the best actors. I can't stand them. I know you can't, uh, which is why every time I watch it, he's like, "Oh, why are you watching this again?" I'm like, "Cause it's Kevin Smith." He's like, "All right, fine," but uh, no, uh, it's. It's just a it's a really fun movie. No, don't um, get me wrong. Jason Lee is of course fantastic in it. Um you know, Jay and Silent Bob are actually more a part of this film than 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 they were in Chasing or in Chasing Amy. Because this was right after Chasing Amy, as I right. recall. I love Mallrats. I think Mallrats is a fun, fun movie. It's just I Jeremy London cannot act yeah. his way through that movie. And uh, apparently was, uh, he was stoned all yes! the time, like beyond even words. And Claire Forlani isn't much yeah. better. Oh, Claire Forlani. Well, she's too she's, busy trying to sound American. Yeah, it's, she's it's, trying to it do maybe the Maybe that accent. is it. She is just trying too hard to, to not be accent. British. But I'm getting, she's, she's, so she's beautiful. Gorgeous. She's good in other things, but she's not in that movie. I, I am. I'm getting. I'm giving this some overdue to watch those again. I need to watch. I was whole crushing thing. hard on Claire. Forlani. I got the uh, the anniversary edition on Blu-ray recently. Nice. So it's uh it's a nice, it's a nice set. Uh, really, Michael Rooker, one of my favorite yep. things he's ever been in. I really loved Quirks too. I thought that was. I did brilliant. too. I we. <laughs> I was amazed I didn't make huge money in the box office. It, you know, it's it had its specific audience. In fact, uh, uh, Torgo, myself, uh, friend of the show, Darren from Trekcast, we all got to go see Clerks two in the theater, followed by a Q and A with Kevin Smith uh, at Comic Con. And it was it was it terrific. Was, it was so much fun. In fact, they were trying to get Kevin Smith to wrap up the Q and A. He was willing to keep going, but uh, they wanted us all out of the theater. Get the hell now, out of Hall H. Now I like what Smith's done because, as we announced what a year ago or whenever this took yeah. place, uh, Smith said he was going to retire from making movies. Yep. Uh, he's kind of amended that as he's retiring from making Hollywood movies. Which he never then He tried, but they just really didn't work. Yeah. Um, but after Tusk, and of course Tusk didn't do very well, he decided that retirement for him make, means now making movies that very few people want to watch, but he just really wants to make. Well, he said he fell, fell back in love with movie making. Yeah. With okay. the process. And, and because I, it was he was making things that he wanted to make, and he has the funding to do it now. So, you know. There are, you know, his films have a very select audience. That's completely accurate. But, you know, if they don't like it, if 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 the the general audiences don't like it, they don't have to go see it. Yeah, that's really what it comes down to. Now, the big question, of course, is Ballrats Two. Right. Who's going to come back? Sure. And it doesn't I'm seem guessing. like Jeremy London is doing much. Yeah. So that worries me. I'm guessing Jay and Silent Bob will be in it. Well, and everybody keeps saying, well, <laughs> yeah. Jason Lee's, you know, too busy to do it, but he made the appearance in uh, Clerks 2. Sure. Yeah. You know, granted, it was a quick cameo with a couple of lines, but he made the time to do it. So I think you'll probably see Jason Lee again. Shannon Doherty probably would reappear. She's not doing a whole lot either right now. <laughs> um, maybe Stan Lee will make another uh, guest appearance in it. Why not? He's not? he's he's into making cameos. <laughs> hey, complete segue because you mentioned Star Trek. Uh, did you see my post about the uh, um, Star Trek uh, trivia thing? On I did. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah, 
Fight of the Living Dead, a new 11-episode reality game show series, is set to debut later this month on online network Con TV. the logline being a cross between The Walking Dead and The Amazing Race. The unscripted series makes quite a bit of an effort to set the scene of a zombie-filled post-apocalypse. Contestants are blindfolded and driven in circles before being dropped off in a strange location filled with, quote, zombies. Oh, and the uh, contestants are zipped up in body bags to get things started off right. Uh, The survivors, a.k.a. contestants, are tasked with finding the antidote to the zombie virus. The series features more than 200 extras and an effects supervisor. That would be face-off's Tommy Peach and uh, stunt coordinator Winter Soldier's Chris Carnell, who brings some Hollywood pedigree. Chris Carnell from Soundgarden? No, Chris Parnell. (laughs) Oh, Chris Parnell. Yeah, he's great. their love child. Dr. Spaceman. Who brings some Hollywood (laughs) pedigree. The show is was filmed with more than 60 cameras along with GoPro strapped to each contestant. Have you heard of Con TV? Con no. TV? I Con hadn't TV. until you showed it to I, me. I had neither until I saw the story, and so I went diving. It's kind of, it's one of those really small internet-only channels. You can get apps for your phone or your tablets or just watch it on the web. They seem to be kind of a Netflix for nerds. Nice. A lot of free stuff on there, and I think there's some paid stuff, too, when it comes to like the movies and the TV shows, but I haven't fully logged in. But they have a... They seem to be attached to Wizard World in some way, because okay. most of their exclusive content are Wizard World panels. Funny. So am I. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to be on one of the panels of the Wizard World. Are you? Which are panel you? are you? I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're still courting me. That's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> But they Where, also. Where's the ugly couch show panel, Andy? I yeah. Pitched where's the Paul geek shock? I mentioned, the, I mentioned you, a podcast. You sent the thing to me. I don't know. Is there what's? Is there anything more to that? They, they'll, they'll. She'll contact you probably. They will contact yeah, me. Yeah, she already contacted a couple of the people I mentioned. She better. Yeah. No, I, I don't care. <laughs> I'd love it though. It'd be but great. Get, I'd get love to go cover it because it's. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks but like it's it seems be a good like one. one of their biggest exclusive shows is a game show called Last Fan Standing. Bruce Campbell is the game show host. They seem to do Sold. it. At, seem to do it. Wizard cons, and it's a trivia contest between nerds at at these Wizard World cons. They have two episodes up so far. I watched them last night. They're they're very entertaining, although I found the questions kind of easy. Mm. So, but that's typical of games as well. Like I understand Jeopardy's kind of that way too. Like you think. Like they're tough questions, but they're not that tough. Mm-hmm. They make it. They want the audience to be able to get the question, and that's very much so. In fact, when the contestants can't, they turn it to the audience, and they right. all shout it out, and, and life moves on. But, but it is very entertaining. R two D two, you dumb shit. It kind of is <laughs> right? that way. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. But so uh, Campbell con- is a great host. ContV.com, I assume. Uh, ContV.com. You can also download the app for free. I watch this stuff for free on okay. my tablet. So. Con TV. Con TV. So getting back to the show, <laughs> I, I am not a huge fan of reality shows. I can't remember one that I've actually watched more than a few minutes of here and there. Mm-hmm. This one I might watch. I'm intrigued. Yeah. It sounds like I like them when they are they are a game show. Yeah. Yeah. And when they don't focus in on interpersonal relationships, then okay. then I'm more on board with these things. The the artificial drama can yeah. be left out. <laughs> A 21st century CGI resurrection of the English Rabbits of Watership Down is underway at the BBC. 
1974, Richard Adams' serious bunny saga appeared on American bookshop shelves and became an international cultural touchstone. The world was introduced to the violence and heartbreak amid a complex society of intelligent rabbits in a story that reflected familiar political and religious issues of the times. Somebody with money has decided that children don't have enough nightmares, so they've decided to make the CGI watership down. The book has gone on to sell 50 million copies. A successful 1987 animated film directed by Martin Rosen featured a faithful approach to the sometimes alarming material. Uh, The remake wants to more fully... 1987? That's what it says here, but that sounds... No. That's like 77, seems like. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I got that wrong, because I remember that much younger than that. Way, yeah, no, that was not 1987. Uh, To the internet. The remake wants to (laughs) more fully capture the living world of the rabbits of Watership Down with more advanced animation technology, better able to render the wildlife and scenery that make up their world. Story follows the plight of a warren of rabbits searching for a new home after a frightening dream by the tale's young buck hero, Fiverr, warns of their eventual extinction. 1978. They transposed the numbers. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's it right there. Or maybe I did when I typed it out. <laughs> <laughs> so who here was traumatized by Watership Down? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I never I, saw it. I haven't either. Neither have I. I know it by its reputation. Hmm? I know it by its reputation, but I've never seen it. You've never seen it? I've seen clips. I haven't seen the whole thing. I was going to say, I'm, I'm looking at some of the pictures here. I may have seen clips, but I've never seen the whole movie. I just remember the general killing that guy. I was screaming cool. rabbits. It's rough. The man. only thing I remember is being at the fairgrounds in the varying tents where all the various local companies are trying to sell their wares. Maytag, you know, so... They were showing the new RCA laser disc system. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! And so definitely, you know. And they released the rabbits. And I remember seeing scenes going. This just seems really mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where I think it came. It was mean, hardcore. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I remember right. seeing it at a gem field trip. Gem. Gifted education okay. module. So third grade. And uh, we went and we saw a play. We saw a black box theater play. Teens doing a play. And I remember being very taken by that experience. That was a real eye opener. I'd done theater already in from kindergarten on. But like that was like, I was like, oh, wow. Seeing a show, like a real pr- really produced show in a black box. I was like, oh, man. I just have very distinct memories of that. Uh, yeah, it was a strange piece. I'd love to figure out what the fuck that show was that I saw. I should look into that. Anyway, I think it was a student-written show maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, uh, then we had a sleepover, and we watched Watership Down on uh, film. and a film reel of it. Oh, Is wow. this where the yeah. shitting yourself started? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do believe I... I think I peed in my uh, in my sleeping bag because I was wet in the bed all the time then. So, yeah. <laughs> wee! We <laughs> indeed. Yeah, we. Wee, wee. Yep, wee, wee, wee. Yeah, the only thing that stopped me from that was uh, the alarm. I had a wrist alarm. And it was connected to a wire that was in my underwear. And you snapped it in with uh, uh, a button, like a, or a pin, like, what do you call it? Um yeah, what do you call it? like a button? What do you call that shit? A switch? No, 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 no. 
if you've got it's a it's a kind of button that fits into another button a snap yeah a snap exactly so it fits together with a snap and uh when you when you'd wet the bed that it would uh, make a connection right that cloth in between would get wet and the connection would hit and beep 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 beep, and like had that for like two weeks and it Done. Stopped. They didn't just go with the binder clamp on the penis? Oh, dude. Believe me. <laughs> believe me. I ran the gamut with all kinds oh, of other. Binder clips. I didn't do binder clips, but all kinds of other, like, don't drink this hour and uh, just a bunch of mess. That would have been embarrassing. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. I hated it. But now you got something to talk to Sarah Silverman about when you meet her. Right. There you go. Right. That's why we're funny. Because we've lived through <laughs> terrible piss Hor- trauma. Horrible traumas. Horrible piss trauma all day long. Horrible piss trauma. Yeah. It's like, we outgrew that, but now you haven't outgrown the shitting yourself. No, I'll never outgrow shitting Who myself. Who else went to bed here? Show hands. At some point, yeah. Yeah. Nope. I never never had a problem with that. My oh. sister did, but I didn't. Yep. Maybe you should have been. Of all my many flaws, like, that's maybe. all I <laughs> All the way to my 30th birthday. No. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> you young whippersnapper. <laughs> Two of the stars from Joss Whedon's hit TV show Firefly are teaming up for a new comedy about life after stardom. Uh, Alan Tudyuk and has launched an Indiegogo campaign to finance the show, along with Firefly co-star Nathan Fillion to, and producer uh, PJ Harasma. They are seeking $425,000 to get the ball rolling and soared past its funding goal in the first day. Yep. Yay. Like $1.2 million in the first yeah. day, some crazy number like that. And I love the concept of the show. I really want to see it. It, the it show, does sound good. The show Con Man follows two former stars of a sci-fi show called Spectrum that was canceled too soon, despite having a cult following. Tudyuk plays Ray Narrowly, one of the former stars of the show, who didn't quite achieve the success he'd hoped after the show was taken off the air, and now he spends days signing headshots at conventions and doing voiceover work for video games. Fillion plays Jack Moore, who went on to become a big screen action star after the show was canceled, unlike Ray Narrowly. The goal of the show is to share some of the more surreal moments that happen to stars heavily involved in the convention scene and what it's like when one role ultimately defines who you are in Hollywood. Con Man will feature some of the Firefly's other stars like Sean Mayer and uh, Gina Torres, as well as Amy Acker from Person of Interest. Amy Acker, yay! Seth Green, Felicia Day, and Guardians of the Galaxy filmmaker James Gunn. I really like this concept. Oh, I'm glad yeah. it funded through quickly. And they're not doing like full. They're they're doing like a bunch of small short films, like like ten fifteen minute short films. And after they produce, I think it's like he said something like the first eight. They said if people are still clamoring for more, then they'd talk about doing more. But they don't want to, you know, make a whole bunch of episodes and just keep going and keep going till people get bored with it. And sure. then say, you know. Oh, we gave you all our money to make this thing, and and this is the dreck you're making. So they they, it was a little. Uh, well, it's smart to put a yeah. beginning and ending to it. And I the think plan. it was the the interview I read was with Entertainment Weekly, and it was him and Fillion, and they were of course cracking jokes with the whole thing. So yeah. so I think jokingly they said they didn't want to wear out their welcome, but it still I, sounds like a fantastic concept. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. I hope I, they. I tend to avoid that part of the con, because I don't really want anybody's signature i mean I, I want to meet them but the whole paying for a signature thing strikes me as weird and it makes me sad to walk by and see like boomer from the original battle circle attica sitting by himself waiting for somebody <laughs> yes. there is yeah. something to that yeah. 
uh, and I had that original feeling the first time I ran into that in the con floor. It's just, just kind of a, a strange feeling of darkness, for lack of yeah. a better word. But life gone from other eyes. <laughs> just, it's like, but oh, it's, man. it's an in, it's a revenue stream for some of the people. Yeah. It's their only revenue stream at oh, this yeah. point. Some of them, you know, they've they've retired from acting or writing or whatever, and that's all the income they have. There was. There was never enough to be put away for retirement because you know they were living acting gig to acting gig, and you know were fortunate enough to be on a popular, you know, episode of a popular TV series or you know a small role in a popular film, and you know I can't fault them for Not you know all. trying to make a living out no, of it no. because there are enough people that do want to buy that headshot with the autograph. Right you now, yeah. because it it's just, it's a way to recapture that small um, feeling of when you first saw that film, you know that that nostalgia. You I, know, I know they have one of these. They have one of these in <coughs> L.A. somewhere, like every month or every two months, where they just bring in hundreds of sure. odd celebrities, and that it is. It's, yeah. it's a paid meet and greet. For, yeah, <laughs> for the lost celebs of the eighties, yeah. nineties, and aughts. Cable Network Fusion will explore the global phenomenon of Minecraft with a special with special programming on March twenty second, twenty fifteen. I tried to watch that fucking documentary. Which one? The Minecraft documentary. They just put it for free up on Xbox Live. Is this that one? Minecraft: The Story of Mojang. Mm, was, no, it's okay. called. Because that's what this one is. I was wondering if it's the same one. I don't think it's the same one. No. You look it up while he tells the story. Yeah. yeah find it, and I'm going to finish the story. I want to know about this. Uh, Fusion will premiere the documentary Minecraft, the story of Mojang at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The feature-length documentary follows Mojang and founder Marcus Notch Pearson over the course of its first year no, it's not the same as one. it takes Minecraft from an alpha to a beta and still manages to rake in millions of dollars before the game is even complete. Immediately following the documentary, Fusion will air a fan celebration and an in-depth look into Minecraft with Talking Minecraft at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. The show will be hosted by YouTuber Jordan Captain Sparkles Myron, along with Jerome ASF Assetti. Talking Minecraft will pick up where the movie left off with interviews from the film's key players and the gaming industry's brightest minds. This documentary was called Minecraft Into the Nether, and it follows the YouTube channel guys that play minecraft professionally okay. it's just it, really poorly done it sounds like it probably would be i mean i give props to these guys i love my i love me some twitch sure but it's just the strangest fucking thing i mean i guess if you are completely out of touch with the fact that there are people that broadcast on youtube on a daily basis to millions of people it'd be like eye-opening and shocking but Do you think that's who it's for? Or? I, I don't know who it's for. Wow, it's not entertaining. It's, and it's very pedantic, and, it's the, and it's very like I, I don't. It's really just I don't. Whoever the people that they got putting together, not good. Not good editing. Uh, the the people that they got doing the commentary, you don't even care. You're like, shut up. Wow, shut up. <laughs> it, it's, Where it's did you precarious. find this documentary? Yeah. It, it went for free on on Netflix on uh, Xbox Live. I wonder why it went for free. Right, exactly. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, oh well, I know why this is free. This is some <laughs> shit. I mean, it's, it's really garbage. It's uh, created for Terry Fader fans who don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yep. yep. It's really poorly done, and it's. I'm going to interview this guy at some point in the next few days. To so let's hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> does I, I think he's going. I think the guy's genius is going to make money, but yeah, he's very middle America. 
I'm glad to know this. Yeah. Because I probably would have turned on my Xbox and went, ooh, a documentary. Right. I, would, I mean, I watch it. Sad. See if you don't see if you feel the same way I do. It's just kind of like uh. I, I might out of so dark curiosity. Minecraft point. into the Nether, and then uh, the story of Mojang, which yeah, is story of Mojang. Soon. I'm sure is quite compelling. Notch, I'm sure, is a fascinating <laughs> character. These guys, not as fascinating by a mile. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Is it kind of the equivalent of that Chris Farley character? Would they remember when you did that thing? Yeah, that was cool. No, it's not even like that. It's just it. They're just showing the big Minecraft conventions. Like, okay, great, and they're bringing them out, and they see the the rock star reception that these guys get, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the audience, and it's like a bunch of ten year olds. I'm yeah, like, okay, that's fine, great. But it's, it's still it's all fine. That's what Minecon is: is a bunch of kids for the most part, right? Which it's fine. Sure, it's great. I celebrate their. But does it make a compelling documentary? I celebrate their celebrity. I think it's wonderful. But they just it's so self congratulatory. The the show, the the mm. documentary is so self congratulatory, and they suck each other's wiener all day. Oh, boy. It's like oh, <laughs> I didn't know that that uh, the 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 one you're talking about, the story of Mojang, was made in 2012. Hmm. It said uh, it was a it was originally a Kickstarter produced. Uh, no, didn't know that but, either. But but yeah, it uh, it debuted back then, and then now is I guess debuting on on that network. So it's out there. Nice. By debut, they, you mean it had a theatrical release, or uh, it, probably not? The, the, the short article I read <laughs> basically said that Kickstarter backers got a DVD copy of the movie, oh, okay. and they had, uh, I guess, run it through some of the uh, the convention circuit, or the not the convention circuit, but the uh, the uh, the film uh, independent film circuit. So, well, here's a how do you do for you uh, PC gamers, especially according to a BBC report. Gamers are being inordinately targeted by ransomware. The ransomware seeks out important files from games like saves and encrypts them so that they will no longer run. Then the program demands that the user pays at least $500 or 340 pounds in bitcoins. Around 40 different games are being targeted on infected machines. Games being targeted include uh, Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Minecraft, and World of Tanks. It also includes... Uh, and targeting files for development software like RPG Maker and Unreal Engine. Researcher Kadim Kotov from security from firm Bromium tells the BBC that the ransomware is being delivered by websites via a loophole vulnerability in Flash. Uh, Kotov also noted that the malware looks for 185 different file extensions associated with popular video games and Steam. Files related to user profiles, maps, saves, and mods are also targeted by Telescript. Uh, uninstalling a targeted game apparently does not work. Wow. Ransomware. Yep. There's the new one. Mm. There's your, there's your PC Master while. Race. That's <laughs> why no, so I'm staying on console, you. man. Okay, enjoy your limited graphics and crap. I'll, t- and, I'll take it. I'll your, take limited your, graphics. And your EA you DLC. Oh, you pay, you pay oh. 60 bucks. Now pay an extra 40 for this content. I don't buy oh, their look, fucking next, games. Well, exactly. I don't but buy the, EA's bullshit. It doesn't matter. That That's that's your flagship console bullshit they do right have there. Some okay. I guess they... Did they publish... I think they did publish... They publish a lot of shit. They do. Now, 2K published... Uh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, ran, ransomware has been around for a little while. Yeah, not, it's, n- pretty, it's not, uh, it's it's pretty not taken to this. It's a shame. Yeah. This nefarious level, but I wow. still wouldn't pay five hundred bucks to unlock no, my no. save cam. Been, oh well, I'd whatever. Right. Bye bye. Start a new game. Exactly. Find a new computer. Exactly. That doesn't work though. Where I can see really hurting the game things when they someone has that combined Minecraft server 
that everybody's worked on for many, many years and built all these things Ugh. up. And if that map gets encrypted, that's all that just gone. Like, Sad, man. Yeah. Sad. Evil. Pure so we're gonna, well, we're going to lose. That's the thing. That's why we got to keep sticking with physical media as much as we can. We're going to lose this stuff. The fucking terrorist one. All right. There. <laughs> no. <laughs> just more physical media. Yes. Yeah. And it, and a couple of weeks ago, I saw a article on the numbers, and it looks like basically the world agrees with you that there's, I think the percentage of people buying their games all digitally on the consoles and such are well under 10%. Like everybody's buying the physical copy game mm-hmm. still. So yeah, so they're, they're still not biting. No reason to, <laughs> especially not so long as GameStop model is still in place. Yeah. You know, for a lot of people, that's that's exactly how they get to play a couple of games mm-hmm. a year. They trade some stuff in. Sure. You can't trade a digital copy in. I did break out the Ghostbuster, by the way. I'm working my way through it now. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is. The new game. It'll no, be, the be, one I borrowed from Torgo. The Xbox 360 yeah, game. You're finally yeah, done with uh, game. GTA Five, huh? Well, put it aside for now. They yeah. can't get done with that now with the new heists. Yeah, the boys <laughs> been going through those. <laughs> Nintendo. We'll start creating new games for mobile devices via a partnership with developer DNA. The company said only new original games optimized for smart device functionality will be created rather than porting games created specifically for the Wii U home console or the Nintendo 3DS portable system. I find that hilarious because new original games. I saw a leaked photo of a Mario (laughs) for the mobile devices. Original games, huh? Okay, continue. That's hilarious. Nintendo started experimenting with free-to-play games featuring paid downloadable content this last year. Nintendo will take a 10% stake in DNA, which runs a popular Japanese mobile gaming portal and has created notable mobile spinoffs for games like Final Fantasy. It's also responsible for popular standalone mobile games like Blood Brothers. And in exchange, DNA will buy 1.24% of Nintendo. The company said that, quote, all Nintendo IP will be eligible for development and exploration in the new partnership. They will also create an online membership service a la Steam for smartphones, tablets, PC, and Nintendo systems, including the Wii U and 3DS. On top of the partnership news, Nintendo dropped an unrelated bombshell about a new, quote, dedicated game platform codenamed NX. That appears to refer to a next-gen console but Nintendo just said, quote, it is too early to elaborate on the details of this project, and we hope to share more information with you next year, unquote. So, yeah, Mario's entering in the app world. Yep. Now, it could be that After you did see a Nintendo, th- a Mario thing, but maybe it was like a runner or something like that. That's a possibility. Well, a lot of times True. they experiment with former games and then porting them on there to, you know, establish, um, you know... Uh, uh, database so that they can draw from for new content. So it's it's and all sometimes it's just a test to see if they can get elements that they have programmed in the past to work on a different platform. So I mean it's just there there could be a whole lot of different things. It's hard to tell with those leaks because leaks are sometimes I mean, you don't you have know, a context for what you're looking created at. Created to be a quote unquote leak. They're not an actual leak. That's and then true. you have the companies leaking false information to mislead the public as well. So leak or stealth marketing. And then some companies leak their own stuff just, you know, as a, you know, kind of underground marketing campaign. It's like it's like, oh look what I saw. And it turns out, you know, months later, 
Guess who leaked that? The company that made that leaked it. Yeah. I really kind of love this next story, not just because I love this game to pieces. I'll just read it. Undead Labs, Undead Labs announced last year that it would be releasing State of Decay Year One Survival Edition, which would include all of the State of Decay DLC as well as updated visuals. However, emphasis on the D. <laughs> when the D studio stands for death, no, it's the, it yeah, stands for dick. Guys. It does. Listen. However, when the studio began clearing up the visuals, they realized that the contracted help used for the game had hid a number of genitals within the game's backgrounds. <laughs> "Quote: Some of our contractors worked a ridiculous amount of genitalia into the background," said Jeffrey Card, Undead Lab senior designer. Due to the lower resolution and lower quality textures of the original release, the images passed through testing unnoticed and ended up in the final game. Microsoft has also offered a statement on the matter, quote, Undead Labs was not aware of the textures in question until they began the process of exporting textures for State of Decay Year 1 Survival Edition, and they are not visible in the original edition of State of Decay, said Microsoft representative. <laughs> Undead Labs is no longer working with the contractor in question, and this material will not be present in when the game gets well, released. Yeah, because HR Giger's dead, but you know... <laughs> That's hilarious. In addition to cleaning up the background, State of Decay Year One Survival Edition will improve the game's textures, reduce the pop-in, and give a more dense feel to the game's world. Uh, until Dying Light, which I'm playing right now and enjoying the hell out of, State of Decay was the last game that gave me any kind of fear oh, for yeah. playing. And what made it really tough to to deal with while you're playing it is the game kind of works in real time and continues when you're not playing it so things can go bad if you don't go in and check in on your people every now and then because you're kind of responsible for the moral uh outlook of your group and their uh and the morale so so but one of the best zombie survival games ever made so it wasn't just you're afraid of all the mushrooms in the background I was wondering about those. <laughs> but it's a great game. I'm looking forward to the real release so I can just play it again even better. Secret Cinema, the group that most recently hosted a Back to the Future screening and a model version of Downtown Hill Valley, has announced its next ambitious project, an immersive screening of The Empire Strikes Back. Ooh. The event will take place in London from June 4th until August 2nd. The tickets will go on sale March 18th. The screening location has yet to be announced. Cinema, uh, Secret Cinema started off as a grassroots project that spread through word through social media about secret screenings of classic films in odd locales, but it's quickly grown into a massive event in recent years. The Back to the Future screening was a huge hit and insanely ambitious, and it sounds like they're wanting to get even bigger for Star Wars. So here's the description of the event. Earth is the system. We are seeking rebels from around the world to join the Rebel Alliance and head to a secret city where they will be taken on a journey through the world of Star Wars. Secret Cinema presents Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back in a secret London location from June 4th, 2015. Look out for a secret code on forgotten buildings in the days to come, which will lead to a secret portal. We are gathering those that believe in the Force by reinstating the importance of romance, adventure, and mystery in this high-speed world. Unquote. 
Considering the extended runtime of two months, it would stand to reason that this will mark Secret Cinema's most immersive film screaming yet. Uh, tickets are priced at approximately $112 per person. And they go on sale mm-hmm. March 18th. Yes. So today, as people are listening to this. Cobb, boom, that's it. Right now. Yeah. So if you have so plans you're to go to London. Area. <laughs> <laughs> but it almost seems like it'd be worthwhile because after seeing the footage from that Back to the Future screening. Oh, yeah. That just looked amazing. I loved the the working barber shop where people were going in, sitting down, and getting their haircut '50s style. Yeah, it was just like wow. They <laughs> recreated Hill Valley down to shops that you could yep. go in and get services or goods from. Yep, crazy. Hair. Yeah, well, you know, it's coming with back with in. fire <laughs> effects and almost like a. A performance in front of the movie yeah. itself, a la Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. So immersive performance elements, absolutely. Yeah. So, so they have like a working Storm speeder going. <laughs> I wouldn't so. be surprised if they build a full scale AT-AT for this. Yeah, nice. oh I could my God. definitely that see that happen. So cool. I was picturing stormtroopers and garters, but okay. <laughs> I, I put money on that too. And finally, classic arcade machines have been turned into charity boxes. I saw this. That accept all types of currency and are currently making money for a good cause in Swedish airports. Scandinavia Swedish airports and the Swedish Red Cross realize that the charity collection boxes in Stockholm, Arlanda Airport, and the Gothenburg uh, Landvetter Airport were collecting international change from some passengers, but not doing as well as they could. They therefore came up with the way of rewarding those donating with some of the best arcade games of all time. Three machines were built for each airport, Space Invaders, Ms. Pac-Man, and Galaga, with all the proceeds going straight to the Red Cross. Quote, put your foreign coins to good use and help someone while having fun is the tagline. The partnership also believes that its coin-op classics, quote, turn the waiting for bags into a better experience. Unquote. Yeah, I saw I saw a little video footage of that. It's pretty awesome. Like the machines are almost always occupied. I could see that becoming a great thing for many charities. Yes. I, I immediately thought, "Wow, we should do that here." Then I realized that no, that, the, yeah. they, they'll never let them do that. <laughs> well, but Pinball Hall of Fame already does that. Yeah, yeah. Um, any any operating uh, profit that they make because they're an, uh, because they're an official museum they're nonprofit anything that goes over their operating expenses they cut a check to local charities and and they do frequently yeah, yeah. very frequently uh, it's they, slightly disappointing they, that they give a bunch to the salvation army but what are you going to do <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, the um, boxes those arcade boxes the bottoms are clear plastic yeah. you know, where you'd fill in the money and everything and I was just like, when I first saw that image, I was like, somebody's going to break the fuck out of that and just take all that money. But I really, now that I know that it's in an airport, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. you'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, in, it's in an airport, and people are less apt to steal on something that clearly states that it's for charity, yeah, psychologically I, speaking. But it doesn't, it, it's not saying it's not it like won't ever happen. It's not like it's on 15th Street here yeah, in Vegas. Yeah, like you could not put that. There are, a lot, yeah. there are far more places you could not put those machines oh, yeah. than there are places you could put those I was, machines. I was drawing characters in Laughlin, and it's like it was like the friggin' uh, Lord of the Flies there. People would just like, drop their kids off on the second floor where the arcade was and, and the character artists, and they would just run roughshod while, the kid, while mom and dad gambled. A couple kids came up to me one day. It's like, look, we found in a fountain, and they ended up a hand <laughs> 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 We found in a fountain. That's good. I like we found that. Found hours of entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, that's yeah. what Torgo no and I did when we came out yeah. to Vegas. We went swimming we, in fountains. No, we went. We played video <laughs> games. We played in the yeah. arcade while your parents were yeah, uh, the, at the show, or you know, when your dad was on the floor gambling. So yeah, that is how we passed that time. Yeah. How do you pass your time? Write to us comments at uglycowshow.com. And if you want to ask questions of Mamra and apparently Dick Cheney, you can use that address too to send those questions in. And until next week, I am Master Torgo, the famous Paul, eighties Jeff, fact check Dandy. Flip floppy man. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah, almost just, like uh, a little seizure. Did you forget around. there? No, no, no. I was just Niagara <laughs> fails. He, he was, he was, I think he was going for tension, but did the opposite. Canada. That's what it is. <laughs> Canada. Canada. Canada dry. <laughs>